Hello and welcome to the Friday, July 31st, 2020 edition of On Iowa Politics. This week, decision time for Biden, postpone the election, and back to school. Hi, I'm James Lynch of the Cedar Rapids Gazette. And with me today are Amy Rivers of the Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, James. Aaron Murphy, Lee Newspaper State House Bureau Chief. Good morning, Aaron. Good morning, James. And Gazette Opinion Editor Todd Dorman. Good morning, Todd. Good morning. You can find us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to On Iowa Politics on iTunes and Stitcher. First up, Biden time. Former Vice President Joe Biden stopped by last Sunday to chat with Iowans, not in person, of course, but the presumptive presidential nominee participated in Iowa Democrats' virtual Hall of Fame celebration. In the spirit of the event, he delivered a virtual speech, just three and a half minutes, which for Biden is barely enough time to say hello. Um, <laughs> True. He did pronounce Iowa a critical battleground state in the most important election of our lifetime. Uh, maybe he was just sucking up, saying, Iowa, you're really important to me. You screwed me in the caucuses, but hey, I still love you, right? Huh? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'll take you back, Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, man. Hey. He can't come in fifth place this time. That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, he won't. <laughs> If he had wanted to make news, Biden could have announced his running mate, but he didn't. However, he said that announcement will come before the end of next week. So let the speculation begin or continue. Uh, let's go around the horn, whatever that is, and make our predictions. <laughs> Who will Biden pick and why? Early on, I thought California Senator Kamala Harris would be his best bet for all the obvious reasons female, person of color, younger, strong communicator, so on and so on and so on. On the other hand, Biden um, doesn't have to worry about carrying California without Harris. Uh, so maybe somebody from Florida, Georgia, or Texas, uh, assuming anyone survives COVID that long. Um, besides, besides, we found out that Harris might be too ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was great. I, I loved your response to that too, James. Like, what is what is a vice president supposed to aspire to if not the presidency? Well, yeah. Uh, do, you, do you do you want someone that that's that they're topping out there? It's like, okay, I found it. I've made it to where I wanted to be. I wanted to be vice president. <laughs> yeah, I've always said that. You know, when somebody is campaigning. For vice president, that should be an automatic disqualification. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I want to be the backup quarterback. Okay, uh, so Aaron, let's start with you. Who, who's Biden's best bet for a running mate, and, and who will he pick? Yeah, I I don't have a real good sense of this, so I'm going to go on, um, and I and I apologize for the lack of variety, but I'm going to say Senator Harris just based on uh, that was there was an interesting report. Uh, I think it was this past week that the days blur together anymore. Um, but uh, that uh, photographer had caught former Vice President Biden holding some notes, and and uh, the notes seemed to be full of talking points for um, what they sounded like was a, a, a defense of or an explanation of why Senator Harris would make a good uh, running mate. So that seems to suggest that at the very least, he's she's on the list and, and given serious consideration. So for that reason, uh, uh, again, lacking any 
real spectacular insight, I'll go with Kamala Harris. Okay. Amy, can you top that? Uh, you know, I, I hate to just agree because that gets really tedious on a podcast, but I'm totally going to agree with Aaron. I think, you know, all of the smart money has it on Kamala Harris. Um, she hits all those attributes that, that he's looking for and is honestly lacking. Um, I think I could make a case for him picking somebody else. Um, you know, especially someone that might bring more um, liberal bona fides in. Because I think, you know, one of the problems of of Clinton's run in 2016 was that she picked someone super moderate and bland and boring because she thought it was the safe choice that would propel her to the election. And voters were like, meh, just like did not have any sort of feelings about Tim Kaine. First of all, did you even remember that it was Tim Kaine? Because I had I think I think that Harris isn't bland and boring for sure. Um, I think that there are other candidates that he could pick that would be a little bit more exciting to the base. Um, but I think that overall, Harris is probably going to be the pick. But it, it, it almost seems like this is the year that you could get away with a safe choice because there's uh. so much dislike for Trump that, you know, it, I'm not sure it's going to matter who you, you know, you could put your dog on the ticket and, and it probably will win it. <laughs> hurt you at all maybe maybe but the the key is to get your base excited and i i don't know if um i think harris isn't too bland like i said yeah so i think that that she'll she'll be fine but i think really if you wanted to like blast out and put like aoc on the ticket like oh my gosh all of the 20 somethings would come out and vote whereas maybe (laughs) they're not going to necessarily come out in mass to vote this time for biden todd uh you you want to go along with the crowd or you, you go in your own way. Is it my turn? It's your am turn. I, am I at this end of the horn? Yes. <laughs> well, you know, the sad thing with all this, with all this virtual campaigning and stuff, we, we can't even have anyone sneak in and look at the plane. You remember in, in 2004, when they were trying to figure out who Carrie was going to pick, someone snuck in and saw that the campaign jet had been painted Carrie Edwards. So that's yeah. how, that's how the pick leaked. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I didn't remember that. Yeah, that was that was one of the things that happened. Uh, you know, I expect him to play it safe, so I expect him to pick Harris because that's the safe pick. His whole campaign has been safe. I mean, you know, don't you've you know the the, the craziness is in the White House now. We're sort of the 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 smart, sensible campaign, and and she, you know, she strikes people as as someone who can step in and be president, which is important when you're, you know, electing someone who's uh, a more senior uh, president, seasoned senior. Mature. Uh, I mean, you know, and the, and the surprising picks don't always work out so well. I mean, you had, uh, I remember I was standing in a, in a gift shop in Denver right after the Democratic convention in 08. And that's when looked up at the TV and McCain had picked Sarah Palin. And I'm like, I don't know who Sarah Palin is. I didn't watch Fox News a lot, so I guess if I had, I would have known. But uh, and you know the, the the George W. Bush pick, you know he goes through this process and ends up picking the person who was in charge of the vetting process. And I don't know, I you know I don't know if the Dick Cheney vice presidency turned out so hot anyway. But so it yeah, worked. I mean, it, it did. It did. You know he he only shot one person in the face, so I guess that's <laughs> a success. That's a win. But. <laughs> But so, so the surprises are sometimes, I don't know, you're, I I think, I think Biden's better off, you know, 
picking this very accomplished U.S. senator who could clearly step in and be president, who ran a, a presidential campaign that attracted quite a bit of support and, and looked to be a formidable campaign for a while. So, mm-hmm. uh, I yeah, I think that's who he's going to pick. But it's you know, there's a long, there's still a very long list of possibilities, which is which is interesting at this point that we're so close to an, an actual pick. And I think if we weren't having this virtual campaign and there was more mixing among reporters and staff and 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 folks that we we may already have that, that this list may have been a lot shorter by now. Couple of thoughts. One, if you're a, a woman in elected office, uh, you know, say like at the federal level, um, or even a, I guess like a governor, and you're not on this list, is that a problem <laughs> for you? <laughs> I mean, yeah. The other thought I had is. Uh, Biden has said he's going to pick a woman as a running mate. So does this create a problem for a vice presidential candidate debate? I mean, will Mike Pence have to have his wife there on the stage with him? Yeah, it's possible. Well, yeah, it'll have to be. They, they won't be able to be the only ones in the room. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Mother may have to be nearby. <laughs> Well, okay. If that wasn't crazy enough, let me throw this at you. Uh, and, and maybe I've just been watching too much uh, Madam Secretary, but if Biden really wanted to shake things up, why not pick a Republican? Ooh. I mean, given, given how hyper-partisan everything is for the past four years, wouldn't that be a signal that he's serious about being different, that he wants to bring the nation together and heal the wounds of, of the Trump years? Um, I guess the tr- the challenge would be to find a Republican woman who is not so far to the right that he would have a Democratic rebellion on his hands. Um, and I, I'm not sure who that would be. <laughs> right. My crazy thought of the day. I don't know. I, I mean, I think that, you know, there's enough um, women that you, you used to talk to, I guess you don't anymore, but you used to talk to at events that still, you know, really said um, reproductive rights were a big issue for them. And, and that is really hard to find on the Republican side. I mean, you've got, you know, Collins, I think is pro-choice, but she might be the only one. And besides that, you know, she's got a lot of, you know, things that Democrats will just pick apart and hammer on Biden for picking her. And I think it doesn't excite the base. Yeah, I think you're right. If we were we're in a different time and we were like, we need to come together. But right now, like everybody's just so polarized. If he picked a Republican, it would tank him. <laughs> and, and, and as I mentioned, I don't know if Democrats would be very happy to see a Republican in the number two slot when, when they've got such a, a seasoned candidate, <laughs> mm-hmm. senior, you know, because, mm. because sure. yeah, that's, you know, that it, it just, you know, the fact is it just becomes more important. And so, yeah. And I don't know who it would, I can't off the top of my head figure out who it would be. It would have to be, I'm not sure it would even be able to be someone still in politics because I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. how they would be continued to be elected as a Republican without being pretty, pretty far right on a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. Susan Collins, maybe she, she might need a job. I don't know, but. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be almost a, a twofer for Biden because that would probably uh, assure uh, a Democratic senator from Maine. Um, but, you know, uh, at her age, I think she's 67, Collins is just getting up to that presidential age. So she might be too well, And, you know, we're not having an in person convention, so she wouldn't get 
just booed like crazy. Mm. And, yeah. you know, if if it were in, if it were in person, I think that would yeah. How do you, how do you virtually snap your fingers? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I guess while she spoke, you would just see all the angry faces floating. Nothing, nothing voices displeasure like those uh, emojis. <laughs> of course, none of this will matter if the election is postponed, mm. which the president seemed to suggest the other day, although he put it in the form of a question. Um, uh, he said, with universal mail-in voting, not absentee voting, which is good, 2020 will be the most inaccurate and fraudulent election in history. It will be a great embarrassment to the USA. Delay the election until people can properly, securely, and safely vote, three question marks. Um, so, uh, you know, this is sort of played into the, the, the parlor game of people speculating on whether President Trump will accept the results of the election and what would happen if he doesn't. Uh, Joe Biden said that the military will escort Trump from the White House if he doesn't leave voluntarily. And I was thinking that's an image that uh, would play well around the world, especially with our detractors, you know, to have the military escorting the defeated president out of the White House. But um, uh, however, um, Trump, who is calling for schools reopening, reopening the economy, uh, is now saying that we should postpone the election until it's safe to vote. Um, <laughs> Uh, I suppose if you can postpone the Olympics, maybe you can postpone the election. But um, would he be merely postponing the inevitable, Todd? Uh, yeah, well, luckily he can't do that. <laughs> that's that's kind of the, the first hurdle. Uh, he would need a congressional action, and I don't I don't think Congress is going to come together to to do that. I, I don't I don't even know. I don't think I heard any Republicans say they thought it would be a good idea. I think most of them were, that were quoted said that they thought it'd be a bad idea. Although Joni Ernst said that she wasn't going to take any questions. So I don't know if she's trying to decide. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it's all of this is basically posturing to build, a, you know, build up a case eventually that if he does lose, that this is, that this is a, you know, an, a fraudulent election in some way, and what ha- and that's mm-hmm. that's even scarier. And and what happens mm-hmm. from there, I don't know. I don't I don't know why he would have to be forcibly removed from the White House. He he doesn't like to be there. I mean, be, <laughs> I mean, he's probably going to be in Mar-a-Lago anyway. So it's like I don't think it's, I don't think we're going to have to have those ugly visuals. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's and, and you know sometimes he does this stuff to distract from other things. So it's, it's always hard to know exactly what his motivation is, but it, I think it's just part of this whole narrative that he's spinning, that this election is not going to be fair, that the, there's going to be fraud and, and the mail, mail-in voting is, is terrible, even though he himself votes by mail. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think this is a case being made to telegraph ahead to the fact that he thinks he's in trouble and he's going to have something to blame if he loses. Sure. I mean, there was a lot of speculation yesterday that the timing was to detract from the GDP numbers that came out yesterday. Right, that were, yeah, they were horrible, and um, it, it it didn't work. 
uh, if that was his goal, because we <laughs> there was a lot of news about those GDP numbers, in addition to news about uh, this crazy idea of postponing the election. Aaron, what kind of chaos would that unleash? I mean, and maybe maybe we're giving it too much credibility just by talking about it. But I mean, <laughs> Yeah, I I think I think Todd again, like Amy said earlier, I hate to uh, agree just for the sake of uh, lack of variety in, in our discussion here, but I think Todd really nailed it here in that the the serious concern is not you know the president trying to delay the election because he can't. The the the, the serious concern is him sowing that doubt in the democratic process itself and in, and in election results. And if, you know, and especially if this thing is close and President Trump loses a close race and he goes on and on about uh, it, it being rigged and, and clearly wrong and he was the actual winner, that could create some serious chaos because uh, we've seen more than enough evidence over the past almost four years now of um a significant uh, enough portion of this country that is just willing to believe this president, even when what he's saying is easily verifiably incorrect. Um, so, so that, that I, uh, from my seat anyways, is, is the real concern is um, the, uh, what happens um, again, especially if it's a close election and, and the president decides to um, keep banging the drum that the, uh, there was fraud and and the, and it's wrong and he actually won and 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 the kind of civil unrest that that has the potential to cause. Um, we've got more than enough of that on our hands already right now uh, because of various things going on in our country. You add a contested presidential election to that, um, uh, I shudder at the thought, frankly. <laughs> but However, it would be for twenty twenty, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah right why not yeah, right. so Amy, i'll put uh, this i'll put this okay. to you uh it's not only congress that has this power the states themselves can actually postpone the election so so you would have to get you know and 26 states by the way are run by republican governors so in a crazy scenario where where trump gets all the republican governors together and says delay the election in your state it is entirely possible that that is obviously a majority of states and they could they could somehow tip the balance and delay an election. So I'll put that out to you as just a, a far away, you know, so, long, long shot. Bet. So keep an eye on Kim Reynolds' uh, biweekly briefings from now on for, for a <laughs> possible yeah. announcement. Well, that'll be Aaron's first question. <laughs> uh, Will the election in Iowa be held on November 3rd? Yeah, you know, some people say differently. <laughs> some people well, would like to delay it. Well, and it would be—I mean, even if there was hesitation in the answer, you'd be like, "Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, why did you pause?" Well, I just—I just wondered, you know, also how many, you know, they'll postpone the election. There'll be hurricanes and blizzards mm -hmm. and right. New, so new, remember a that new virus. That 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 nine eleven changed a whole lot of things too, and and things were postponed and changed in Congress that we really did not, you know, realize that they had the power to do. So something could happen between now and November that could change we, this whole conversation. We could be, we could be at war with China. Who knows? 
some people could uh, change the election date. Uh, so, yeah. But Amy, right. isn't there an upside to delaying the election? I mean, because we talk about the unending political campaigns, especially if you're in Iowa, uh, where the process starts. So this would be job security for political reporters and uh, campaign fundraisers. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, can you imagine just a bedraggled Biden just slinging through Iowa well into December as the snow is flying? Just yeah, it'd just be like a caucus campaign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You I thought I already did this. And you could you could tell your grandkids that you were around to report on the end of American democracy. <laughs> oh, those were the days. <laughs> Um, you'll be whispering it to them in a basement of course yeah. right you won't out be of, able to say that out loud yeah, out of, <laughs> will hear of, you. out of the sight of surveillance that's right during the reign of King Donald <laughs> King Donald the first yeah. that's right well <clears throat> politics isn't the only thing happening this week the, the governor issued back to school guidance um the schools are scheduled to resume classes in about a month. Of course, I'm not sure how they will know when it's time to go back to school since there's no state fair this year. <laughs> um, and apparently she's following the advice of the United States Surgeon General that schools and communities with less than a 10% positivity rate of COVID should reopen. Um, in an average 14-day period, Reynolds said 93 of 99 counties meet that definition. Um, seems like it would suck to be a kid in one of those other six counties. Uh, but, Aaron, um, sounds like this uh, press conference went very well for the governor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, so the pushback um, to the return to land, learn plan was out there. Um, uh, some question the uh, you mentioned the ten percent uh, and another figure that was important in this um, plan is fifteen percent, which is what it takes for a school district to be able to even apply uh, to be allowed to go to online only learning. So that so that's only an option if uh, your county has fifteen percent positivity rates, and not even then that just allows you to ask for permission to do it. And then the state uh, education and public health departments will determine whether they allow you to do that. So um, uh, 